Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. In this week's episode of The Kindness Project, we talk about shower gel, running, and we have part two of our interview with Lauren Janice from Filler Engaged Giving. Welcome to The Kindness Project. I am John. <laughs> Charlotte's laughing already because I've I've just asked both of them to bring the energy and I went... I, I went and overdid it with the energy, didn't I, listeners? Come on, that is true. Um, I am joined by a man I am going to affectionately now call Cuphead, and because she's slapping on a juice, a girl that I'm going to call Bottle Girl, it's uh, Russ and Charlotte. How are we doing today? That's good, juice. I feel like a Cuphead. <laughs> right, we are feeling for you, Russ. Because you're not, you have got a bit of a cold today. Haven't you? I, I have, I have been there in these past couple of weeks, Russ. I absolutely have. Well, it's, it's all. It, I mean, as we record this, we're coming into the autumn, so like the expectation is that we're all going to pick up little um, sort of wheezes and coughs and colds, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, <I'm> <laughs> Russ's reaction was amazing there, Charlotte. Do you hear him? It just went. Uh... <laughs> What I'm going to do is I'm going to record this and then I'm going to go and have some warm honey and lemon. Yeah. Climb in bed. Climb in bed. Are you going to get somebody to rub your chest, Rats? No. Oh, that might be. Uh, like, how about a bit of Vicks? I, I haven't got any here. I've got oh, lemon right. juice and it is my favourite thing in the entire what, world. What, to rub, in, rub into your body, lemon juice? No, to absorb into my body through my throat. <laughs> well, you rub it into your throat? Yeah, exactly. And, and that, pro- you take it in through her mouth and down her throat. Right, so are you rubbing it in anywhere? Yeah, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm swallowing it, I'm rubbing it into my throat with my swallowing motion. You're, no, that's called swallowing. That's not going to rub it into your throat. <laughs> that's just... <laughs> Maybe if you go like that, sorry, yeah. I forgot this is a podcast. That is about as good as useless on a podcast, isn't it? Talking of rubbing stuff in, you know what is good? If you've been in a little under the weather, a shower with some nice mint and tea tree herbal essence. Oh, well, you know what? You're absolutely right. That... um. Oh, uh, was it called Original Source Stuff? Yeah, Original oh. Source. Mm. That's the one I meant. Other products are available, and if Original Source want to send us a few bottles, other products won't be available. We'll, we'll, we'll never talk, talk about they, them again. They used to be but a- my personal favourite is Original Source. Yeah, Original Source Mint and Tea Tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder. I, I do wonder, though, how they make it tingle. Do you know what I mean? Because it's got like a little. It's, it's just, like, a like you put it on your body and when it just the, tingles a bit. Yeah, when it? when you get up your nose on it, it's got like a peppery. Yes, you know no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> Bass, what are you doing with it? How are you getting it inside I'm, your nose? I'm not snorting it, but when it lavers up. Yeah, when you, when you make too many bubbles and they yeah, fall your face. Yeah, when you get up your nose. Yeah, it's real bad. <laughs> What are you two doing that so many original source bubbles get up your nose? <laughs> this is an issue. Yeah. I don't when, when does this happen? I mean, you're the outlier, mate. Yeah. 
when I'm the outlaw on this podcast, but what I need, listeners, is a bit of validation. Have you ever, unofficial question of the podcast, have you ever got original sauce shower gel so far up your nose <laughs> that, it's, that it's made it, it's made it, maybe that is a solution to your cold It doesn't even have to go that far. It doesn't even have it to go that far up. It's like at the end of the But how far does it need to go? Just anywhere in, and then you're in trouble. It's it shouldn't be coming anywhere in. If you've got that yeah, problem, you come up your nose. Like right there, just underneath the top of your nose. Right, have you, yeah. are you two painting on an original sauce moustache just to... Uh, you, is that what's happening here? I can't no, when you wipe your face with it. That's right. Yeah, when you clean your face. You clean your what? <laughs> Well, you are looking a little dark, so maybe you've uh, you've not cleaned your face in now, a while. But this not. is my natural complexion, Russ. Um, you have known me for forty. How old are you now? Forty-two years. So um, it's uh, yeah. This is my natural. It pains um, me to admit, if I have. You have. You have. We've known each other for a long time. That is the unofficial question of the podcast. Anybody else sniffing? Uh, mint and tea tree original sauce so that it creates an itchy nose um, if you have let us know uh, and you can get in touch with us in the following ways on twitter we're at Ola Kindness on facebook if you're if you can bundle <laughs> uh, I've been to cut that joke sorry is that mint and, is that mint and tea tree <laughs> have, you got, have you got mint and tea tree nostril when you got a no I put too much lemon juice in my concentrate um <laughs> Go on. Uh, well, I've been to Cut Night Joe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where, where have you got to? Where do you know? Where anyway, have you on got Facebook, to? Cut on Facebook, if you tap the Kindness Project podcast, if you tap the same thing into Google, we should be the first thing that comes up both times. And if not, oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. Um, if you want to email us directly, it's ola.kindnessproject.co.uk. If you want to find our website, you can either go through the Google link or you can go to www.thekindnessprojectpodcast.com. I might be wrong. I think I've stopped. I've www.thekindnessprojectpodcast.co.uk. Yeah, don't put the podcast into the website one. Uh, and if you uh, want to um, see why Dad is pulling a face... Even though you can't see it as listeners of the podcast, uh, you can hit him up on Twitter directly, but not Facebook because things went bad. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I got hacked. And I, I, I made a conscious choice not to open up my Facebook again. That is all that happened. And since then, we have not had as many good answers to the question of the podcast. Well, yeah, the problem is, a lot of my, a lot of the good answers to the question of the podcast, yeah. people hit me up on Facebook directly, didn't they? Um, and unfortunately, now, I've, um, now I'm not on Facebook and is made a conscious choice not to go on Facebook anymore. Um we, just, we are having issues. We are, we are, we are. So we are pleading with you, listeners. Please, we know there's a lot of you. We we would love a, a few more questions of the podcast. Please get in touch and let us know uh, what you think of the current question of the podcast, which is, what's your favourite running song? So, what song do you um, just get out there and run to? Charlotte? I don't. <laughs> no, 
Russ? <laughs> As I explained to you the other day, I don't run, but I've started going to the gym. Yeah. And is this where these uh, um, original results up the nose addiction came uh, from? You thought it'd I'm give a, you an extra boost? I'm always, I'm always like them funny smelling stuff when you get in the shower. So I used to use uh, stuff from Avon called strawberries and cream. Right. That was fabulous. And it's wild. Right. You ever use anything with orange or citrus? Because those are my favourites. No, I'll tell you what they are. Can we have a can we have a proper question of the podcast coming up? All about shower gels. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk shower gels. I, I bought probably. myself. A, I bought myself a citrus one the other day. I haven't, had, I haven't tried citrus yet. What was that called, Charlotte? Um, I don't know. I can go and get it, but <laughs> this is like. I mean, genuinely, we are recording a podcast, and it's like what you talk about at two in the afternoon when you're bored, isn't it? Oh, what's yeah. your favourite shower gel? <laughs> um, it was uh, it was like orange and something. Yeah, it's off brand, but what it's would good. be what would be the most bizarre shower gel conversation? Uh, not conversation, um, combination. <laughs> What would be the strangest shadow com- combination? Marmite and um, socks. I've tried the kiwi one before. Right. And it, it just smelled like nothing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but I'm not talking about smelling nothing because if it's like soap, doesn't really smell of anything, does it? But what would be the one that you'd actively avoid um, smell wise? Is this a personal thing or is this... Yeah, go, go for a personal one. There's certain personal. things I don't like the smell of. Like, there's some, like, herbs and spices that I cannot stand the smell of. I, you know what I love? I love the fact, Charlotte, you didn't pronounce the H again. Herbs. <laughs> <laughs> What's an herb? I think for me, summer breeze and cow powder do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you said summer breeze, Russ, I'm thinking, you know, actually... Summer breeze, I yeah. with. When you added the cow pat, then the summer breeze brought on a new but different I, I, live in, and... I live in the countryside, so summer breeze for me is when they're manuring the fields. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, so... you know what would be really bad? Yeah. Middle ages miasma would be a really bad. Say <laughs> so, yeah, that combination again. Middle ages miasma. Middle ages miasma. <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand that phrase, Charlotte. Explain it to me. Middle Ages, the time periods, the, the sexual ages. time. The, the age rosaries right now, yeah. <laughs> and what they used to get on their clothes. Um, so they used to believe that bad smells and like... Yeah, I've stuff, seen it somewhere before. Um, ...caused diseases. And they called it miasma when the, the air was sort of toxic and bad. Um, and they were partially right because of, you know, communicable diseases through the air. Um, but they just thought the air was bad and it was just like, oh, this air is stinky. What does big wages my asthma smell of? I don't know, but it's not, it's not good. No. I don't think you're going to market that as a share, Joe, anytime soon, have you? Neither cow pack flavour. Although you should be marketing the excellent work you do on your website. 
<laughs> Shoot. Well, good plug. Are we are we plugging now? Is that what we're doing? We're plugging. No, let's we let's get into the plug zone. Um, you want to go first, Charlotte? Uh, what have I got to plug? The web website, Charlotte Dames. Um, <laughs> I've got a new website. I'm launching name. a new product. Well, that was Cal wrong. Cal, uh, Calpat.com. <laughs> Apparently, there's a very niche market for it. Um, newest article this week, moving on from the cowpat thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Thursday's article, there'll be a new one up by the time this episode is uh, posted, but uh, probably. Um, the latest episode, that, uh, episode article that I've written is on uh, Regency literature specifically um so fun fact from that um the regency period is called the regency period because it was the nine years when king uh when george the fourth was prince regent rather than king okay. so he became king in 1820 but from 1811 to 1820 he was prince regent because while his dad had gone insane he was still alive and therefore that, he, still was, technically he was king. George III. George III, yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, uh, I remember so that, that nine but... years is what's technically considered the regency period. So he was can... in control because yeah. his dad went a bit loony. But he and... was king, he was Prince Regent and therefore it's of called course. the regency period. Yeah. Uh, and while it only lasted nine years from 1811 to 1820, it's actually considered to be as long as 1790 to 1830. What's that? I, oh. <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. Loads of sources were saying it, and I was like, why? Yeah, I don't know. But Russ has just disappeared, Charlotte, and I'm hoping he's still recording. But you might have just brought him to tears, I think. You might have just... I don't I think do that a lot. I do that period. a lot. Um, I don't. I mean, he, he, I'm, I'm, I don't know. He's, he's going to get a tissue. He loved it, Charlotte. <laughs> and actually, all Sorry. he was doing was getting a tissue for his nose. I was That's getting a bit. I was getting a bit teary about the uh, Regency <laughs> period. The Regency period. Yeah, right. So let's go back to the question of the podcast, and I'm going to play you a few snippets uh, from my marathon training playlist. You've got to name the song now, Russ. I don't know if this is going to go. About this we were talking about this the other day. Sorry, just hold on. We're not allowed to do that because of copyright. Well, I'm going to play three seconds and see if we can get away with it. All right, you ready? Okay. That yeah, stop. me back to London. Right, right. Bye. Why? Oh. Why? Oh, well, she told me the other day this is your new I favourite artist. I know it's Stormzy, Ed Sheeran, Archie. No, H. H. And right. there's someone else. I can't remember who he is, though. The Birmingham guy. Um. Yeah, right. You ready? Charlotte, this is your one. No. You can't play any more than that. Oh, that's take. Oh. It's not take my breath away. It's no, no. It's that, there was two. There was two different songs there. Charlotte's one is this one. I don't know. Do you know us? No. No, one, ch no church. No church in the wild. The other one is from Top Gun, though. It is. 
Top, it's it's Kenny Loggins and Danger Zone. And we'll have one more. Are you ready? No. Um, oh, right, you ready, Charlotte? This is on you. You ready? No, I haven't got it. For the Kill by LaRue. Oh, that is an amazing money song. So I've got a very um, wide uh, connection, including songs from uh, the songs that you used to play on some of my games in the 1980s when I owned a Commodore 64. Oh. You, can't get, you can't get much geeking than that. On my running playlist, I've got Monty on the Run and I've got The Thing on the Spring. Are we and, talking uh, amp-up playlists? Sorry? Like songs that get you, like, amped that, up? Yeah. That's exactly yeah, well, I mean, what I like when I'm working out. I like songs that build up and then peak around the middle. Right, well, no, well I, I don't know, though. I mean, the best one... As you're on your Ed Sheeran bit, is Ed Sheeran and Rudimental Bloodstream. Because that starts slow and then kicks in about halfway through. Give that That's a game. That's exactly what I like. So, yeah, what, song, like what songs are you listening to in the gym? Uh, Alex Clare. Yeah. As yeah, which played me yesterday, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I'm listening to Take Me Back to London. Yeah. So you got two, you just got two songs on repeat, have you? No, uh, I've got a few, but I don't have a playlist. They play music in there. Gotcha. So gotcha. it's all that big dance sort of stuff in there. Yeah, all good. Charlotte, what's on your pumped up playlist? Well, I think I've actually sent you my pumped up playlist several times, uh, and it's grown from. Like, I think it was just half an hour when I started it. It's now a four and a half hour playlist. How do I get access to your playlist, though? I can send them. Because I've got Spotify, but I don't really use it. Well, what whose playlist do you want, Russ? I'll give your one a go. I quite like some of the songs on your one. Okay, I will send you my 22 22 playlist, and I will ignore the fact. You just insulted Charlotte by turning around and going, no, oh, sorry, I'll, mate. I'll sorry, mate, your playlist ain't for me. I'll have a listen to Charlotte. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have a peruse, Charlotte. I'm not guaranteeing anything. There are some Chris Dame approved songs on there. To be <laughs> <laughs> um, Achilles Come Down, Jennifer. Oh, Lauer, yes. What a track. Thing. Um, I think I played you. Uh, another uh, another night on Mars once. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, you know what that sounds like, Charlotte? That sounds like that politician. My name's Chris Davis, and I approve this playlist. <laughs> um, all right, chaps, let's move on. Oh, sorry, we did we did one plug, didn't we? We did we did the yeah. charlottedames.com plug. Let's not forget our book. Um, let's not Plus forget our book. Um, the book is coming out, ladies and gents. Uh, all of uh, the people we gave a little sneaky beat to have all said some amazingly kind and nice things about it. Yeah, so thank you. Me. Thank you. Should we give some of them a shout out, Russ? Thank you yeah. to... David Forsdyke. Dave Forsdyke. Legend. Keith Boys. Lauren Jenner. Right. Mike Calder. Yeah. Nick Elston. Yeah. Who we've interviewed. Patrick Luong. Patrick Luong, who's coming back on the show soon. Yeah, he'll be back on soon. Uh, Sally McAnally. Yeah. 
Sam Chilwincox. Yeah. And I can never say her name. Vesari, Vesenti Hanari, who we've interviewed. Well, thank you to everybody who's given us a review so far. I've said nice things about it. Um, if you'd like to find out a bit more about the book, go to www.thekindnessproject.co.uk. Forward slash book. Forward slash book. Um, and you can sign up to find out on the day it comes out where you can get access to the book. We would love for you to be one of the first people who read the book, uh, and we'd love to hear what you what think. What we're also going to be doing over the next couple of weeks is releasing segments of the the testimonials for the book in the image form with a link to... Yeah. And check me out on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm not on Facebook anymore, but I'm on LinkedIn. You can find me at Chris Dames. Um, LinkedIn and Twitter, find me on uh, either of those platforms. Um, and, uh, yeah, you'll be hearing a lot more about the book over the next uh, few weeks. The release date of the book, Raz, is when? 17th of November. So we've got a release date. You know what, Charlotte, it was really funny. Day one, I listened to the first podcast um, we did, uh not recently, actually, a few months ago, but um, the interesting thing is, the first thing I said on the podcast is, I'm writing a book, and it's only taken me five years. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the next book will be a bit quicker, but we'll, we'll see. Um, on that note, thank you if you're um, signing up to list and wanting to hear more about the book. Let's move on to a little bit of... Kindness what what we've been doing as part of Kindly News over the last few weeks is showcasing amazing people who made it to the independence top 100 uh, happiest people. Uh, and the first one I want to showcase is a lady called Beryl Carr. Beryl Carr is 100 years old. And she is the NHS's oldest volunteer. She um, started volunteering at Ealing Hospital's League of Friends. Uh, so basically, they run the cafe in the hospital. And she began giving up her time to work in the cafe and has served teas and snacks to thousands of hospital patients and visitors. She continues to volunteer once a month, giving four hours of her time a week. And the grandmother of one says... I can't think of anything worse than spending all day in front of the television. I love the fact that that job effectively allows her to, even at 100, give back. I love that. That's amazing. Tell us a little bit about um, Thompson Chalk, Charlotte. Thompson spreads so much joy with his enthusiasm and zest for life, says one of the people who nominated him. Thompson, who lives in Reading, has been a British resident for almost 20 years after leaving Zimbabwe during the early 2000s, as well as volunteering at Reading's Refugee Support Group, where he runs a football team. He also works at Priors Court, a residential special school for young people with com complex autism. Thompson has transformed the lives of many of Priors Court's young people, forming incredible relationships with them. Any time spent with Thompson is a happy experience. I love that. Um, and uh, well done to both Beryl and Thompson. Let's move on to the interview. 
Uh, we've got the second part of our interview with Lauren Janice. Um, Lauren talks about philanthropy, helps people work out how to give away money effectively in a way that's meaningful for them. And every time I speak to uh, Lauren, I always learn something new. You mentioned about the four T's, treasure, talent and time. What was the other one? The last one is testimony. So that's really going out and talking to your network saying, look, there's this small grassroots charity that's, you know, uh, community led, that's doing work that is just fabulous. You would never hear about them on, you know, the comic relief or or any kind of big, big name. Um, You know, they don't have a charity shop and they are doing phenomenal work. And I really encourage you to join me in giving. Sure. So extend to their network, using their connections and say, and and do you find that for the families that you work with and represent, there's a real sort of connection to charities that normally wouldn't get the support from sort of big organisations? Oh, absolutely, Chris. I mean, and that's, that's really the heart of our work. And that particularly in the United States, you know, there's a real, we're going through a real racial reckoning right now and really forcing ourselves to look at the way that we've treated BIPOC um, uh, or marginalized communities in the United States. And what we're trying to do with our clients is help them go beyond the big charities and really look for organizations that are, that are founded and run by black indigenous um, persons of color and support them because they are so tremendously underfunded compared to the white-led organizations. It's something like, I, I was just looking at the numbers yesterday, but it's it's shocking the the disparity in funding. So what, we're helping. What's the reasons behind that, you think? I mean, I think the fundamental one is, is you know, a systemic racism that's been yeah. going on in the United States since our country's founding. Um, yeah. You know, the, our country has a massive racial wealth gap, as does the UK. I was yeah. looking at that. Yeah. Um, and when you look at those numbers and see the amount of household wealth a typical white family has compared to a black family, it's it's the only explanation can be structural racism. I mean, it's I, so- um, I had a really interesting conversation, funny enough, with one of my clients um, the other day, and we were having this conversation about luck because I mm. consider myself right incredibly lucky, and that you know. It's, it's always interesting when you have a conversation about luck, Chloram, because there's always the, that element where somebody said, well, it's not luck because you've worked really hard to get wherever you've got to in life. And, you know, there is an element of work and, and stuff like that. But I think if you've, if you've been born in a particularly wealthy country, if you've mm-hmm. been born like like I was in London, um, mm-hmm. if you if you get because get, the experiences you can pick up and collect are different to, to other parts of the country, if 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 you're born um, uh, with a you know parents who want you to make the most of the opportunity you've got, you know that's a big one. But I think the one we underestimate estimate sometimes is being born white, right? You know, being yeah. born white does give you an economic advantage that we sort of take for granted. I fully agree, Chris. And I think we're all kind of still understanding the extent to which that is true. I mean, in terms of opportunities in school, in terms of the expectations that teachers set on white children versus uh, black and brown children. And uh, and as you say, I mean, fundamentally it's economic 
if you have, if your family has less money, you're going to have fewer opportunities um, than than somebody who doesn't. And people have traditionally hired people like themselves and that's kept some people in power and black people earning a whole lot less. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, we talked about the pandemic earlier, and I know that um, I know that it's impacted sort of um, different people in different ways. In your world, do you, are you finding that people's perception about giving has changed post pandemic? People are being kinder to each other. How how has the landscape altered since um, since twenty twenty? Yeah, that's a good question. I was looking at some of the data, and it it did look like I mean, as a I, nationally giving went up in uh, 2020 and 2021 because there was this massive oh my goodness what are we going to do let's you know put money into communities put money into arts organizations that were going to fail nobody was going to the theater nobody was going to museums and so there was a massive push to get money out there my understanding is that now it started to taper and i will say with our clients because our clients are very wealthy um they i'm trying to think about i didn't i didn't have any clients say well because because of covid i want to double my giving we just have very generous clients to begin with and they just wanted to continue giving some gave yes no that's true some gave more um mostly to keep those facilities open those arts uh, organizations and small growth small organizations so did you see a, a sort of greater focus in organizations that potentially would generate revenue pre-pandemic that was going to really struggle to keep the doors open post pandemic because of it it was like theater you know music that that was there a more intense yeah. focus in those areas I would say, and I'm I'm dealing with a small subset because we only have, you know, we have a small client set at any one time because we're we work so closely and our work is so bespoke. But so with a small sample size, I will say that my clients were very interested in they they were interested in arts to begin with. Several of them had a very strong arts focus. Um, and so they were definitely interested in keeping the theater running, even though they couldn't have performances and settling more money to um yeah to museums and other organizations that just frankly weren't gonna weren't gonna sell tickets can i can i just say what i do love lauren you can uh, you can tell that you're you're academic because your disclaimers are amazing by the way you know i'm only working with a small subset chris so therefore my problem you know it's i love the validation of the of the um of, of the end of the end result i completely get it completely get it but just working with a small subset is a phrase that i need to get into more conversations in my life i think <laughs> um uh, so so it has changed uh, during the during the pandemic pandemic but over the past sort of three to four years have you seen a shift in sort of how people give money away in terms of the causes they select yeah in looking the- at your small subset as a interpretation of the wider giving community absolutely (laughs) from that perspective um, (laughs) no absolutely oh we you know in the u.s with the the murder of george floyd that was a a major wake-up call for a lot of people and we had clients saying right we've been thinking about this for a long time now's the time we need to get this money out there this was our 
yeah, our real wake up call. And so we have had a lot more clients come to us with a specific interest in giving through a racial equity lens. So thinking about how to support specifically BIPOC-led organizations. Um, and if they're white-led organizations, wanting to support them in ways that bring them more toward yeah. having a, a wider lens and inviting you know, a more diverse uh, staff, board, operating in a way that more accurately reflects, reflects the reality of the United States population. Very, really interesting. I, I suppose this is a sort of really difficult question to answer, but if you're trying to tackle, as you said, some of the bigger subjects like systemic racism or climate change, or can that sometimes to the families you're talking about just feel too big? Mm. You know, because it, it, you know, it strikes me that yes, these are really fundamental challenges of our time, but where do you start? So what, how do you find causes, I suppose it's, and again, you can tell me, uh, this is only my sort of guess, I suppose, I suppose it's causes that just do something towards solving that problem, but, but how do you tackle that? Honestly, I feel overwhelmed myself. <laughs> like the idea of solving climate change, you know, alleviating the poverty and the wealth gap in the United States. Like I'm just one person, how am I gonna do, how am I gonna fix this? And it can be overwhelming and it can also be um, uh, paralyzing. So, especially to the high net worth donor because they know they have the capacity to give. But as you say, these problems seem massive. And so what we do with our donors is really allow them to take a breath and say, right, you're not gonna solve this by yourself. However, we can help get you to the point where you feel you understand your role in solving and um, you know, cooling our planet. And that means taking them on a journey where we really think about their values. We talk, we talk, we spend a lot of time talking about people's values and their experiences, particularly with money and wealth. Um, and then introducing them to some of the organizations that are doing work in various different aspects, on various different aspects, say climate change, and looking at where they've given already, because all of our donors that come to us are already, you know, seasoned donors, they've already given to a lot of organizations, thinking about what they liked about their that organization's approach, what they'd like to learn more about, and then introducing them to organizations they, they may have never heard of, and getting them excited about their work. I mean, there's a big Speaking about the the racial justice side, there's a big movement in the U.S. toward um, environmental justice because the effects of climate change are um, disproportionately affecting communities of color in the United States. And so trying to think about, well, how can you support some really small grassroots groups where you can meet, you could even meet this person, like yeah. you could go out yeah, and yeah. You could talk to Susan and create that relationship with her and her group so that you can see exactly what they're doing. You can get excited about it. You can be, importantly, the sidekick, not the not the superhero. We talk a lot about that because people of wealth are used to kind of taking over and <clears throat> being the savior. And we're really saying, nope, Susan's still the superhero. You're the sidekick. You're the yeah. one just, just shuttle, sh giving her the funds and support. Yeah. Um, and And really building that relationship so that you feel like, 
you have a role in this. You know, you're not going to solve climate change by yourself, but I am supporting. But you can see the direct positive impact by sort of seeing it on the ground. Yeah. Exactly. And the people that are doing the work and you can feel like you're, you're supporting them in a very real way. It's really interesting. So in my, in, in, in our part of the world, there's a philanthropic, philanthropic, I'll try again, philanthropic organisation called the East End Community Foundation. It's run by yeah. a friend of mine, Tra Tracy Walsh. Uh, Tracy Trace is absolutely amazing. And one of the one of the things that she always says is fundamentally having a relationship with the charity that you really believe in can mm -hmm. make a real fundamental difference can't it and we experience it when we interview people on the podcast all the time because you know a lot of it is you know when you've got somebody who who's involved in a charity just having that i like the amount of times people have said to me chris i've just seen how the work they do changes the lives of the people they work with um mm. and that's what people want don't they they want to they want to they want to see the impact um and i suppose the other thing uh, and i don't know if you find this with your clients but I certainly do with mine i think people get to a point where they've got enough money and uh money becomes uh you know you know it, it becomes certainly not a concern anymore but then the challenge you've got with that is if the the if the acquisition of money was a purpose at one stage in their lives yeah. they've lost that purpose because they're never going to run out you know and they're beyond far beyond running out again so how do they then find meaning and purpose in their lives and i think giving back is and philanthropy is certainly one of those ways right so that was part two of Lauren's interview. We've got part three next week. Let's move on to the next part of the show. It's the end of another podcast. The end is never the end because the end is always the beginning of something entirely new. Um, and we've got two answers for um, last week's question, which is what would you sing at karaoke night? Uh, Dave Forsdyke said, uh, Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf. Get your mother running. What's your karaoke song, Charlotte? I don't know. I think it depends on the vibe. Was what? Give me a vibe and give me your song then. I don't know. Um... <laughs> if there, give me give me an example of what vibe it might be. Um, Chill. Huh? Depends on the environment. Like there's certain there's certain songs I wouldn't do in public. What ones would, would would you do in public? Uh, uh, something everyone else would sing along to, so I wouldn't be the only one singing. There's only one choice, then, isn't there? Sweet Caroline. Exactly. Everybody sings along. Um, what would yours be, Russ? Oh, we know what yours. Oh, is. only ever sing karaoke when you're Russ. Yeah, true. <laughs> That's usually after this lullaby by the Hoosier. Yeah. Is that it is the Hoosier? Is it the Hoosier or is yeah. it Hoosier? It's the Hoosier. Okay, fair enough. Um, uh, Heidi Bell also said, ABBA is my normal go-to. Dancing Queen will take a chance on me, uh, but I did People Are Strange last Halloween through change. Um, Cassie, my wife and your mum, Charlotte, yeah. once did um, ABBA in Belgium on karaoke, went down an absolute storm. So, uh, 
Of course it is, yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant karaoke, simply. Um, and on that note, have a lovely week. Um, and we'll see you next time on The Kindness Project. Mm-hmm.